0: I just well, feel like you cut you cut that off as, as like the the, the coolest oh, part of the song was happening.
1: Snoop Dogg was going to come back in.
0: Well, well, yeah, because it was, you, you, go, it. you go you go from it. the cool bit. Of of rap to the you know the song that was never intended for it,
1: yeah. and then it goes back from the rap, and that transition is awesome. Uh, well, let's listen to it. Well, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I cu- tuned, okay. turned you back up. Was, All right, let's do it. I didn't. No, 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 it's okay.
0: Light, this is as long as you're aware of, of
1: it because yeah, no, I think it's, no, it's the I best heard part it. Part. I was like, oh, this is just Crowded House or whoever that was. And... <laughs>
0: get back
1: that's the point of success if you put all right
0: know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. the, the way they build the transitions mm-hmm. yeah. is what's so impressive to me about no, it's this. it's good, it's good. Because these are two songs never meant to be together. <laughs> it's, very,
1: it's very on fleek.
0: Yeah. Anyway.
1: You want to drink some more prairie?
0: Yeah. I guess we can continue the song in the background. I shouldn't just stop it. We needed
1: yep. yep, Uh, Guns. Guns.
0: It's been a bad, well, depending on who you follow, it's been a bad or a good week for guns.
1: Guns. Uh, so I, I posted a bunch of uh, things to the Slack channel. Uh-huh. So, you know, I'm pretty pretty tormented right now. I come from a sport, sporting family. I like gun rights. I like responsible people to be able to own guns. Um, the weird thing is that how, how many
0: you're gonna find very few people who disagree with you on those. I know.
1: Yeah, I'm not the I'm not the the, the right wing crazy yeah. guns. Prime my guns for my cold dead fingers. Well, maybe not that quote, but you know that everyone should get guns at every turn. You know that kind of thing. I don't agree with. Um, but we need to fucking figure something out. I think it's it, it's insane. It's it's
0: it is the kind of thing that this shit would not happen if guns were not this available. Not on the scale and, and amount of times is happening.
1: People are getting better at massacring people too.
0: That that's true. People are seeing what works and what doesn't.
1: Massacre so. the, these mass. They don't, why don't they? Why don't they call them massacres anymore? I I think it's more impactful. I think calling them mass shootings is... Because they happen too often. ...candy-coating it. Because they happen too often. You can't have daily massacres? Not if... I I think that would get people outraged. Do you
0: remember you had an argument... uh, I don't know when it was. It was several, probably like 100 shows ago, that that 20-something people didn't seem like a massacre to you. People were calling it a massacre, Mm and you said it doesn't seem like a massacre. Yeah, because... When that becomes sort of normal,
1: but see, I doesn't seem a massacre. I was talking about like the Valentine, Saint Valentine's Day massacre, right? Mm-hmm. You know, back when they called things massacres back in the twenties and thirties, right? And because
0: they weren't used to this, but, and, and don't you see that that's the problem? But, Is that but my main? My main
1: comment there was it didn't see. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying, right? Because of the world I grew up in, twenty people getting killed. Well, I don't know because today, fourteen people getting killed. It's a massacre to me. It, it was more of... Maybe some of it was culture, but... I mean, in the 80s and early 90s, there wasn't... In Columbine, there wasn't that many... Right. ...huge media mass shootings. So maybe... I, I kind of now. Well, because. I don't know where it came from, but I, I feel that I think my. You do know where it well, came I feel from. It's because in no.
0: the 80s, when these mass shootings started to happen, instead of saying, let's implement something right away, right. they doubled down. And they no, made no, it easier and easier
1: and easier. No, no, I'll, I'll, we'll get there. Uh, we're talking about the term massacre okay. right now. And this may have come from culture, and I'm completely missing it. But for some reason, it, like, it seems like it was just like, something that seemed logical in my mind. When I heard a massacre, I would think of hundreds of people dying, mm-hmm. right? And I, at the time I formed that thought, that was, that was like pre-Columbine, right? I mean, so it, I, I don't think that the number of shootings we were hearing about daily at this point made my idea of a massacre so big.
0: No, no, what I'm saying is that, because your, your original comment that started this whole thing off was, why aren't we calling them massacres? Right. Right? And I think that the reason is because, for a lot of people, when those happened, when they started to happen with more regularity... They were no longer massacres? They didn't feel like massacres, because like you were there, thinking, well, a massacre is several hundred people, this is only 20. And yeah, we got but, used to the idea. I mean, it started when you know why would you call five, four people a massacre? That's not a massacre. Then you know, it got to ten. That that that's a little bit more, but I mean, it's not a massacre. It's not a hundred thousand. That's not a hundred people. That's not two hundred people. It's not two hundred fifty people where you would just go. There's bodies everywhere, right? right? Uh, but you're starting to see <laughs> this thing, and now you have up to twenty something, and you're saying. That kind of is bodies everywhere. Why isn't it a massacre?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've come around like yeah. this. I think we need to start calling these massacres. I think that'll help. Uh, it, it's, it pisses me off. I mean, because I, 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 you know, like I said, I support gun rights. I think that reasonable people should be able to have guns for sporting and, and reasonable things. Self-defense if you want them.
0: If you need. I mean, the thing is, like, you don't need to have a gun. You shouldn't need to have a gun if you're in the middle of a city. That's the kind of thing that if you're in a city with that many people and that kind of, uh, that kind of situation, then having everybody have guns is a detriment. Now, if you're on the prairie, you're way away from, from law enforcement, <laughs> from being in a social environment, even. I mean, you have huge tracts of lands where no one's around.
1: If you're in Fargo you might 1979. need to have,
0: you might need to have guns to be able to like just to even the odds against somebody who would just come and, and rob you blind right. because they could I get that I totally get that but you' you're talking about people living in gigantic communities that mm-hmm. are no longer just even cities now there's sprawling suburbs yeah. where this is take this community is happening guns don't make sense in that system. They just heat things up.
1: Yeah, it's just... I I think this one... This changed me, right? I mean... And I'm tormented, right? Because I, I still have the desire and the belief that, you know... Reasonable people should be able to keep guns for recreation and things like that. I... Should a person be able to have an M16... I mean, um, see that—that's that—that that statement right there tears at me. Or should a collector be able to have a Thompson, you know, an antique Thompson submachine gun? You know, I mean, they're collectors, right? They're not the ones that are killing people.
0: Okay, let me yeah. let me ask you this question. To to sort of take it in a new, different perspective, should the average American be able to build their own nuclear reactor,
1: breeder reactor, or <laughs>
0: uh, either? Yes. Should the average American be able to build their own breeder reactor?
1: Okay, that's that's an interesting question, right? Because it's an externality thing, right? Should someone be able to have a burn barrel? I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of the same thing, just a different degree. You're polluting. You know, you have an externality. Yes. Well, Americans buying guns statistically has an externality, and that's people who are dying. Yes. Um...
0: One has to ask the question if, if somebody's in government At this high level One has to ask the question Does it do more good Than That it doesn't And what I mean is A very calculated and awful calculation Because it's something you have to consider
1: You see this one? On the New York York Daily News? Yeah,
0: yeah. What's the cost of of getting rid of guns? What's the cost of doing large-scale regulation? Is the cost higher or lower than the cost of what might be a weird insurrectionist thing happening and when that is taken into consideration part the SSA as awful as it is it's probably better that we don't go into a whole new civil war than let people have incredible access to guns it's it's an awful terrible calculation that I'm glad I don't have to make Mm -hmm. Uh, I I don't know whether that's what's actually happening in the highest echelons of government. It, it it certainly feels like they're projecting to us. It's just an opinion about guns. Is it about what's sustainable and what's not? I don't know, but it feels like there's something there.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, the
0: rhetoric is the rhetoric is getting na- it's really nasty. I I. Don't remember it being like this. That doesn't mean it wasn't. Uh, Memory's a weird thing.
1: You're, you're I just right. don't remember it being like this. I mean, there's been times where, but it's always gotten forgotten about. It's always faded out. Yeah. For some reason, maybe because it, it could be just because it's so fresh. This one just seems different. The New York Times mm-hmm. put an editorial on the front page. Right. It, it just seems different it seems like at least the liberal sphere that I'm living in right now is fed up with the status quo yeah
0: okay that's an interesting that is a very interesting question and dynamic to think about Uh, because what's happening with the right is that's their that's been their uh that's been the perch they've been on. I you that's been the perch they've been on for the longest time. Is we are upset with what's happening. We are upset with the with, with the change in, in in society that is occurring, uh, and we want to go back to the way things were. And now you're having a, a left response to that, where they're saying we are upset with the the attitude about guns that has been prevalent forever. We are upset you with know. what this causes in our society. We this needs to change. So there's
1: so I mean there's part of the New York Times editorial that I agree with, and there's part that I have a problem with. The part I agree with is vote out the bums who do nothing. You know the ones that I are. Love,
0: I, I mean, I, I love it as a concept. It yeah, never works.
1: I know vote out bums who are doing nothing. The second part was forcing citizens to give up their collectibles. I mean, you know, I'm thinking of like. You know, there's guys that have invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in antique guns that is their collection. That they're like, they'll shoot once a year in a range. (laughs) You know, like like the New York Times is calling for a law to make them forfeit their guns.
0: What were they? Was that in the editorial? Yeah. Or was it just a forfeit? No, no, it was there. Okay, well, I.
1: It's like, making these guys give up their guns to save some lives is worth it. You know, that's kind of...
0: Well, the, all right, all right. Let, let's put that in a different perspective, because it's, it's the gun perspective that is hurting everything. Think about uh, World War II guys who who keep live uh, bombs in their garage just because they like them. Yeah. They're live. Right. Would you... Are you okay with that?
1: If <laughs> If they have a collectible value, they're not going to blow them up. But are you okay
0: with that not being known to the police, let's say? Just okay. so they oh. know.
1: Okay, so it's, it's, not quite, it's not quite the same thing, right? A gun sitting on the shelf is not going to kill someone. A gun sitting on the shelf. A bomb sitting in the garage could kill someone. Right. So it's not quite the same thing. A gun...
0: If Locked it's... in a vault,
1: sitting on a shelf... Right, because yeah. these guys are collectors. They're not. It's like no one's going. You said
0: to- you said they take them out every every once in a while to shoot them. Right. So these are not locked in a vault. That, it's not are. a museum piece. Right. They this are is not locked. something that that is. Well, this is not something that, that can't be taken out of things, stuff with unless with the utmost care and that sort of thing. These are they're on display, but they're used. So that means that they're accessible. So that someone should at least let the authorities know that they're there. Sure. That's all. Sure. Let Uh, the authorities know. I'm not against
1: that. I'm just saying uh, a, a gun that is, and I'm stereotyping a lot of collectors. I'm thinking of the guys that, you know, have a bank vault type door on their gun room right? And they're not keeping the guns loaded. They're keeping them oiled and clean, and they're on a velvet display with mm-hmm. a tag and everything, you know? Well, I would say I, yeah, I would but, support but, yeah, a museum for that kind I, of thing. I don't... I, I... Yes. Register them. Register every yeah. gun. That's that's fine with me. Uh, drawing the line on the kinds of guns people can and cannot well, I mean, own. A
0: lot of people would, would, would hate the registry sure. concept. A lot of people would feel that that's a... Ridiculous intrusion on privacy. Yeah, I
1: don't. I just we talked, we we talked cars, about right? we, t- we talked about the uh, the interpretation that the Second Amendment allows us to stand up against mm-hmm. the government from becoming tyrannical. Right. It doesn't seem very feasible.
0: No, it. It. it I don't see any way in which it is. The amount
1: of private weaponry that's available. The technology of the private weaponry versus the government weaponry. I, I can't see that insurrection actually working. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than you'd have to go guerrilla, you'd have to you'd have to do ISIS shit.
0: Yes. Yeah. And so you never actually you would never make a functioning defense. You'd create war, basically war groups that would ultimately be fighting over pieces of land that you would dis- you would destroy. There's no... There's no government there. There's just base survival. And it's gross. And it's the kind of thing that we've moved past. It's the kind of thing that... I understand that we romantize as society. The western kind of stuff. But no, it's I the hear, kind of thing that... That doesn 't have a place
1: anymore it we've grown. I know I know it's
0: that leads to World War one that leads to I, meat I, grinders of people
1: it leads to all kinds of nasty shit, but how do you keep the radicals from getting elected? I mean, look at Trump I mean
0: well, I tell you how you do it, or at least the the only way we know is. You open voting to everybody. And I mean everybody. Everybody.
1: Okay. Which means
0: No restrictions.
1: What do you mean? What are you saying?
0: No restriction on what you are as a person. Male, female.
1: No age restrictions. So no I, age restrictions. So my two I can have my two year old vote the way I want him to vote?
0: Yes. No restrictions except for you have one vote and you can only vote if you're a a considerable if you have some influence on society. But yeah, if you have if you are a so I could have 50 children
1: and make them all vote the way I want to vote. Yes, okay.
0: That I mean, you'd have to figure out a way to support 50 children if you wanted to do that.
1: Uh, hey, some some guys do.
0: And you can't control what those children ultimately do.
1: No, but for the next eighteen years, I can. Uh,
0: you can influence mm-hmm. them,
1: but a lot of them are going to be
0: rebelling against you when they're fourteen or thirteen.
1: <laughs> no iPod, unless you vote for. <laughs> unless you vote for, uh, and how are you going to know? I'll go in the booth with them. Make that a freaking No,
0: you don't have that. Op- you don't have that option. They vote for who they want to vote for. How do you enforce that? Well, I mean, they have the option to not vote.
1: Okay. So, yeah, I, uh, I think we kind, of, if we kind of... Yeah, we kind of, kind of We kind of fizzled out. Yes. I don't think okay. there's a... Uh,
0: well, it's it's such a depressing topic. It's not it's, something to, <laughs> yeah. that I'd love to, to comment on. So I'm more interested in sort of the political outlying of it because... That's something I can conceptualize. I can't conceptualize the kind of horror that, that people have to go through with this. We're talking
1: about Ted Cruz in the pre-show. On Daily Show, they mentioned on Thursday he sent out an invite to a gun fun, gun thing, like a shooting range type thing for fundraising.
0: Sure. Yes. I get it. That that makes sense from his iconoclast idea. It, it's, it's a very Trump thing to do because before Trump there's no way he would have done that he would have considered the political ramifications of doing that trump is doing stuff without considering the political ramifications of all at all he's appealing to the base as much as possible oh including God. by simply lying and it doesn't matter because it's a, he's appealing to the base the base doesn't care if you lie the the absolute base just cares about what they want to hear
1: yeah well he's like you know there should be a, a registry of muslims yeah it's so like, how's that different from, you know, uh, 1930s Germany? It's not. And his, and his response back to the guy who asked, you tell me, you tell me, you tell me, you tell me. You know, basically short-circuiting any kind of yeah. usable soundbite. Not only that, but there is just outright lying. You know, the, the thing about the seeing
0: the Muslims cheer on, on, seeing the thousands of Muslims in Jersey cheer, and... Not saying, well, maybe I was wrong with a number, but just doubling down and doubling down. I keep hearing from people who told me they saw this, so clearly they saw it. I've got messages from people on Twitter who said they saw this. Clearly people saw this. It must be true. You can't tell me it's false. It's And it works on true believers. Because true believers don't look into these things. True believers think that everybody else is lying to them. So, of course... Of course they wouldn't look at PolitiFact. PolitiFact is, is, is a tool of the...
1: So don't whatever. you think it's kind of a bad idea to allow everybody to vote? <laughs> no matter, no matter well, no, how easily I, they can be lied to and convinced and swayed? And-
0: no, because I think that what you see is... You see a bell curve when you allow everybody... You you don't, when you include everything you can, the stuff tends to even out.
1: Are So, uh, I'm going to talk about this a little bit because, um, are you sure? Because I can imagine the equation working out where there's a huge mass of people that are undereducated who are easily swayed by propaganda. Uh-huh. And it actually is great for the Trump slash Hitler types to get extra mass by lying to and catering to this, you know, bottom 30% of the bell curve. Sure. But remember the bell curve. So like there's the bell curve of like... Um thoughtfulness, and then there's the bell curve of like, okay, but if I can convert like 112% of this bottom 30%, well, you can then never I'm gonna do that win. Well, i because of the central limit theorem.
0: The fact of the matter is as you introduce more and more variables into what you're talking about, things tend towards normal distribution. When you're talking about something like, okay, I'm gonna talk about all of the crazies in the Republican Party, right, let's say this is the Republican Party and it's some weird sort of bell curve that uh, in terms of what you would call ordinary is way off to, mm-hmm. to, to the left or right, right so this is zero, this is like a negative 50 is where the, <laughs> it's like they're all, the craziest the most of them are crazy, okay alright, but if you do a general look at the population of Republican parties, well you're going to it's probably going to be something more along the lines of that. Mm-hmm Uh, And if you're doing like with a general population, it's probably going to be something more along as that. Well, as you include more and more variables, you're just going to verge onto a plain old normal distribution. So you're going to have a much less period of population who is in this zone that you're worried about versus all this population.
1: Well, okay, so what if... Let's combine Trump with idiocracy, Right. Okay. Okay. Sure. And so he just starts out lying that I'm going to buy everyone a Mercedes. Right. Okay. Everyone in the country. He just sticks with that line entirely. That's his whole debate. Whole debate. Every time he's asked, speaks. I'm buying you a Mercedes okay. when I'm president.
0: I would say Trump would. Well. Okay. Never mind. I was going to say Trump would never do that, but he's promising no. he'll build a wall.
1: Right. So, so okay. when I'm president, everyone gets a Mercedes. Right. Now there's going to be a portion of the curve that believe this.
0: Yeah, and but he, and it, he
1: might get a hundred percent of that part of the curve.
0: That would be a very bad thing for him to do, in theory, because yeah. the people who are appealing to hate handouts. So handing out uh, a uh, Mercedes to everybody is not good, but handing out a Mercedes for the country
1: <laughs> is better by having a Muslim res- registry. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's about. How do you support But, the I mean, country? he, I mean, it seems like, like you said, he lies. Like, he could stick with, like, the find the best lie ever mm-hmm. and just not ever acknowledge the truth and just keep yeah. fortifying that lie. And there's going to be a lot of people, like, he says the shit no one else is, everyone else is too afraid to say. Right, but those and,
0: people are, they're talkative or you notice them more because they, they stick out. But they're a much smaller percentage of the population than... Maybe,
1: maybe. I think there's too many of those kind of people.
0: I, I think that it, it definitely... Uh, it goes in a wave and it shifts between extremes in terms of how populations go. Uh, but... And there may be more... I mean... There may, there's certainly more rhetoric around now that's more visible to us, but we do live in a, in a, in a place that has a lot of these people... Uh we're not we're not living in LA mm-hmm. uh where everybody thinks like we do and the very idea of encountering this idea is, is is absurd. Uh we live in a place where there there's a much there's a stronger correlation of population to this idea. So we're gonna see a little bit more often. I was in Tucson uh dri- driving I went to a, to a thing uh, after the airport in a, in a cab, and the cab was playing Glenn Beck. Uh, how did that go? Well,
1: did you ever have a fight with a cabbie? <laughs> I,
0: I thought about saying something, but, well, it was 7 o'clock. It was dark in Tucson, Arizona, hmm. and I have no idea where I am.
1: Ah, good point, good point.
0: And why why rock that many boats? (laughs) Just put up with it. You know, he's not sticking needles in your
1: (laughs) ear. Yeah, that's a good point. He is driving. Mm Mm-hmm. all right yeah oh okay Here, here's- exhausting posha
0: well let's talk about something awesome then let's oh. talk let's talk about fargo oh my
1: god i watched the episode three times <laughs>
0: it was really good wasn't it? i
1: watched it three times i watched it on tuesday mm-hmm. as soon as it finished i was like i'm gonna watch it again i watched it a second time on tuesday and then, like, all day Wednesday, I'm like, I'm going to watch it again. I wa- Three times is enough. I'm not going to watch it a yeah. fourth time. But I watched it again Wednesday. Oh, it was such a good episode. It was uh, episode eight yes. of season two. Yes. Uh, what was it called? It was called... Uh... I, I, I'm uh, not sure.
0: it's called episode eight.
1: <laughs> I got to just click away here. But oh so good. So good. What do you got to say about it? It was um lop lop. lop, was lop, lop. Yeah.
0: Okay. What, what do I have to say about it? I thought that everybody gave a fantastic performance. Like top-notch. I thought that the, the the sound design and music was just
1: incredible. <laughs> oh Yes, I mean that's part of what I mentioned to you was like, just yeah. the the music, the whole way through was.
0: There was even uh, like there was a musical joke that was fantastic, Uh because th- they would play this this tense like dun duh-dun, dun on on the the piano when when a couple tense thing like it when suddenly the cops came in after after they left and Fargo came on the screen and dun duh-dun, dun and the cops were coming. Mm-hmm. It was uh Lou and uh, and right. Ted Dance's character. <laughs> to To look at the house, and there was other da 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 when when he contacted the you know um, the the gang, but then the, he there was a da 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 as he's calling the gang like the third time and mm-hmm. nobody answers and he just hangs <laughs> up and suddenly the music cuts off. It was I just miss that. this wonderful that. like music joke that was that was just there to sort of. <laughs> If somebody was noticing it, they laugh. And I was oh, i was was so... Because everything about this the, this episode was top-notch. And All of those Dodd's, things. Dodd's...
1: Oh, just the kind of like the... the It was like stages of grief that God, Dodd was going through.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's true.
1: I didn't look at it that way, but that's absolutely true. I mean, the character just would change. Like, at, at first glance, I'm like... The character's so inconsistent. I It didn't seem quite right. But I then I... Further into the episode, I kind of like, oh, like this is so stressful. He, it's so funny when he's such a puppy dog. Like when he's yeah. talking to Ed, like she stabbed me. Keep away from right. me. She, and and, when he, and he's like, doing... did you stab him? Like no, he's like yes. <laughs> <laughs> such a good puppy dog scene. My
0: my favorite moment of that. There were granny They were playing great moments. But when he's he gets, you know, he acts. He snarls. He's in a corner when. uh when he's you know, staring at them while they're sleeping and he goes and he says and he's about to put the, the pull kiss on don't you do it don't you do it and he puts it on and he goes oh crap <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: there's that there's the um, when he's tied up at the beginning he's like I'm just a neighbor walking by he's like you're a Gerard he's like shit on my shoe. <laughs> you know, like even that was like such a flip, you know. Yeah. There was so many of those um, emotion changes. Oh, it was so good. I I you know, Dodd was Dodd, you know, he's an asshole. Yeah. You're supposed to not like him. But I mean I I fell in love with him in this episode. It just Uh anybody who could play a memorable villain
0: I didn't get chances to be memorable, but this was a wonderful a wonderful sort of
1: Well, he was was flat out cruel until this, and now you got to see different angles of him. Well, it was an
0: examination of that character. You know, when Mm. when that character is taken out of their safe space, what do
1: they become? And they become this sort of sniveling. uh, But he rebounded pretty fast. I mean, he's like practically paralyzed, but he thinks he's saved, and he's getting. He, he rebounds so quickly, but he goes he goes so quick into the attacking. He
0: even attacks the guy who's about to save him, mm-hmm. and that causes yeah. and because he didn't. Well, he doesn't know. I mean, normally that wouldn't have caused an issue, but he doesn't know the kind of day mm-hmm. that everybody's been having. Yeah, that everybody's been having this kind of day, uh, and it, it was you know explicitly put that way by Mike Mulligan. But mm-hmm. there was a beauty
1: to that scene. Yeah, it's been a day. Yeah, <laughs> well. It's been a day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, his intonation. Oh, he's such a great. Yeah. Oh, there's so many good characters. And then when Ed's like, no funny stuff. I've killed guys before. <laughs> before Mike Milligan has blood on his hands. Right. He literally has blood on his hands. It was, it was. It was. I thought that that was kind of the joke. Like you got the music joke. Yeah. That was the one that I saw. Right where it's like it's a joke on Ed. Cause like you're talking to a guy who has blood on his hands. <laughs> <laughs> he just shot the yeah, gang's assassin it's, it's, with a sleeve holster. Yeah, <laughs> and
0: is no, and is no Mike <laughs> Mulligan. <laughs> <laughs> but it's doing the, the the puff up thing. Everyone's puffing up who they are, and 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 the the plot with um, with Kirsten Dunst and mm-hmm. with Peggy and her like seeing it all as this uh amazing we're like, we're, we're on yeah, the move we're going yeah. to go this is great we're not stuck
1: in the mud anymore it doesn't matter that it's horrible things that are happening it's just it's great well we're that's what you mentioned last week yeah. right like when she hit um the young son what, what was his name uh ray was
0: it no uh uh uh, uh anyway
1: but you know she saw that like here in yeah, but, right, right. But you know, you mentioned a couple of weeks ago when that happened, she saw a light mm-hmm. to, to run, to, to get out of there, to go to California. I never saw that. And then as soon as you painted that frame of reference in my mind, she makes so much more sense. She's less annoying, you know, you uh-huh. get her better, you know. And, oh she stabs him <laughs> you gotta stop stabbing hostages. <laughs> <laughs> I going to want him back if he's all sliced up. And so, so many, oh, so many great moments. I'm the Butcher of Laverne. I like your style, man. <laughs> uh,
0: I mean, enough that I'm willing to, I'm totally willing to forgive the two obviously stupid moments that there were, which both had to do with newspapers. Uh, one oh. where he gets the name of Mike Milligan from the mm-hmm. headline of a newspaper. Yeah. Uh, and the other where the guy sees, like, the next day yeah, a dude, shot yeah. of him. Yeah. Where, where'd they get the shot of him? <laughs>
1: I mean, the well, he probably had a mugshot on file or something, but.
0: How would they know that it was this guy?
1: Oh. Yeah, yeah, I That's guess. How he has video
0: cameras everywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, there could be another crazy Indian shooting people in bars. Yeah.
0: But it didn't matter. Because, I mean, you could explain those away by saying, well, okay, the, it maybe have been a sketch or just something he actually he read earlier on in the well, paper.
1: Right. I mean, or red leader in the what's day the, what's the effect maybe 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 it's still working into the plot but really there was no effect for the shopkeep to learn that
0: we don't know because we do know that the cops oh came maybe
1: the they came cause of yeah we don't know why the cops are there yeah but still like the amount of information he had down by the lake right it's still a, it's still a force the cops. Are, I mean, it would make more sense. The cops were there because they found the family connection. Yeah, that's... well, maybe the family connection and the call. Yeah, I guess the family connection and the call helps. I got to think. Yeah, because not like it's not like today where you can
0: just search a database. They're in the seventies. Yeah. They can't exactly. Yeah.
1: I would have liked to seen a cut where the Indian had one more shot and blasted it in the face. <laughs> I just, I just. Why. Yeah. I don't want to see Ed dead, but you know, I like. I mean, Fargo is so good at surprising, at surprising me. Yeah. And we talked a long time ago. I like. I mentioned like how I like to see a show where they set up a main character and kill him right out. You know, like outright, and just like kind of change the premise of the show. And you told me why that was bad and the whole storytelling thing, and you know, it's like cheating your audience type thing. Yeah. You know, so I get it. That I don't expect to see that in a show Mm -hmm. so much like when Mister Robot, when I thought they killed. Uh, Elliot. Elliot. You know, in the second episode, or in the first episode, I, you know, I was like, whoa, they're changing it up. But, you know, Ed's far enough in that, you know, he could have got blasted in the face.
0: It, it, I, I tell you, there, so there are a couple of reasons why I wouldn't, why I would say no. Why I would say it's a, probably a bad idea dramatically. Mm-hmm. Dodd Gerhardt just
1: died. Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, so you already have kind of a a... I wouldn't say a twist but there's a, a narrative moment has just occurred.
1: Oh, it definitely yeah, that was definitely a very I mean, his his muscle just shot him in the head.
0: Right. There's his muscle shot in his head. There's uh uh, Ed's deal with Mike Milligan. There's all the there, there's all the complication. Oh, the Milligan, that, the
1: Milligan deal. Yeah, you want you want to see how that falls out. Yeah. now that now that Dodd's dead and gone, the cops are there. Right, so
0: there's all those complications with that one point. So then to just interject, interject another point immediately afterwards.
1: Good point. Good point. Probably well, just scrambles things. Too well, much, yeah, I, w- yeah. I want to see what happens tomorrow. I mean, you figure Ed's going to. Open up to the cops. The cops are going to try to catch Mike Milligan in something tomorrow. Yeah, but but Fargo had never does your expectations. Like I, I was joking with you, you know, and and on the IM or on the tweet or whatever, you, you know, the sarcasm doesn't carry. But I'm like, oh, it's so fucking predictable. <laughs> yeah,
0: I had a feeling you were joking. I wasn't. I wasn't totally sure, but I was like, this is a, this is <laughs>
1: I had to ad right? said by nobody yeah. about this show <laughs> <Yeah>. ever. <laughs>
0: It's uh, it was a uh, just a beautiful episode. This season, because I watched uh, over the Thanksgiving thing, I I I rewatched season one. Season one was good, but season one wasn't great like this season has been.
1: See, I I mean, I I agree. So I was telling someone like you know, people started talking in like episode two about how great the season is. I'm like, no way! Billy Bob Thornton was fucking amazeballs last season. But you know, as the season progresses, it just keeps getting building and getting better and better and better. And you're probably right. You you know if you'll go
0: watch, I mean, you should because it's still a good show. Yeah. You know, go back and watch the first season. You'll be you'll be surprised by it, particularly in the very first couple episodes. How much artifice there is, how how separated it feels from reality, how how it just feels. I mean, not that the show like reflects reality, but there's there's a component that that felt a little artificial about season one, that doesn't feel that way. artificial Okay. Fargo season two. Like it was
1: a little bit of a puppet show. Okay. Can I, can I sell you a typewriter? Automatic typewriter? I mean, there's a whole plot line that's been yeah. gone for like four episodes now. You know, like like I love how they develop that and then they just put them under asphalt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing is like y- you, you want to develop those things in the beginning because you, because you're essentially in the introduction phase and you're showing off who these guys really are and by doing mm-hmm. you have to establish who they step on to right. show who they are. You can't just say they step on people. Yeah, I guess I mean and show so, not tell is really. I mean
1: that was important to to motivate the youngest Gerhardt to be in front of the road right, right. and. But you know that was that was a dead end at that point. You know, like once they get to that point, then they open up this whole next story. You know, so you think about like they have the 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 the, sale, the typewriter salesman trying mm-hmm. to trying to scam his way into whatever, and the judges holding his funds and whatnot, and um, like I, you know, you you kind of forget that that was the whole motivation for the meat of the show, well, for the I- meat of the season.
0: Well, I think the idea is that you're establishing this town, and there's this petty shit going on. But when shit really heats up, it it just it's like a tidal wave. It just but overflows it's, it's almost and like a destroys prologue, destroys all that petty the first shit. Two oh, absolutely. Were, the
1: first couple episodes were a prologue to the meat of the well, season. Well, yeah, but but you're introducing
0: yeah. one of the things you're introducing is not just uh, the characters themselves, but the, the the character of the town and right. and the show. But you you as don't it,
1: see that in, in a lot of shows where. They have a arc that feeds into the good arc. Like, it's a throwaway arc <laughs> that feeds into the good arc. Well, you don't see that in shows that aren't...
0: That don't aren't, aren't just planned out as seasons, like Fargo is. Mm-hmm. Fargo is planned out mm-hmm. as a book, basically. Yeah. Yeah. The, the whole season... And... and The the, sort of the beauty of Fargo sort of the beauty of True Detective Season 1 and and I didn't see Season 2 I didn't watch it because the stuff is bad
1: yeah I mean I watched the first three episodes and it was painful Yeah, and because the reviews were so shitty I didn't I didn't (sighs) muscle through so I didn't watch Season 2
0: but the idea that you you can create this little book that has just a, a tiny little connection to the other stuff but you can create a beginning and end and that means you can flesh out all mm-hmm. those things you wouldn't if you were writing, yeah, a, a, a normal series. Uh, th- the beauty of sh- of of TV is realizing this potential right now to tell these awesome dramatic stories in chunks. Yeah, that I mean the risk. To... The
1: risk is how are you going to make sure you're Fargo and not True Detective, right? I mean at this point because they both did this anthology thing. They were both, you know, oriented around yeah. violence, you know, they were a cop-type thing, you know, so they, they're kind of the same feel, and... Um, I, I would say it's tough, because if
0: Fargo goes on for eight seasons, no, I'm sure one of them is going to suck. Five it, of them I, are going to suck. I mean, <laughs> most likely. But at least one of them is going to suck, right? That's just... It's sort of the... The nature... It's central limit theorem again, right? I mean, stuff is yeah. going to fall to either side. Fargo has bought itself a lot more goodwill by having two great seasons. Whereas True Detective had one great season and then shit the bad. True Detective now has a lot more to prove.
1: Right. But also Fargo, knowing about... It doesn't live in a vacuum, right? It right. knows about True Detective. It's going to try extra hard for season three to not fuck up.
0: Well, the problem is, do you try extra... If you try extra hard are you trying is to be impossible. something else yeah. or are you just being yourself? And, and, and it isn't that what yeah. makes Fargo work. Yeah. Well, the fact of the matter is you have both of those tensions going on. So you can't, you can't just say, yeah, yeah. Cause both of them are going on either, either side. There's a, there's a pull. So it's, it's, yeah. it's between I mean, that. Yeah. I
1: mean, I think you just, I mean, so Fargo is what it's a, a violent crime drama based in the, North what or North Central?
0: Okay, that's how you describe it to a robot. But right. if you were describing it to a person, you would say it's uh, a. <laughs> am I, I, sorry, I didn't mean uh, to be insulting. I mean, but, you but know, no, no, but I yeah, mean, wasn't
1: insulting. But uh, like, what are the what what scripts would m- make a Fargo season, and which ones wouldn't? Right, right? right, and those are some of the elements that make it Fargo.
0: I mean, Fargo has characters with interesting quirks that come out and Fargo mm-hmm. has plays around with character quirks. Okay. And, yeah. And yeah. Okay. That is, is sort of a mainstay of the show. I think that these are not. Okay.
1: Good point. Very good point. I mean, yeah, they definitely have they it real, it's really character driven. I mean, okay. So, you know, you really got to focus on the character driven part. And the unpredictability of season two mm-hmm. surpasses any kind of unpredictability of season one. I think it's, uh, I'm trying to remember you just watched it again. I mean, was was there as many like like six twists in a episode type thing or
0: uh there was
1: a lot more concent-
0: concentration on a love story.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah. Like like when And it was, Dod- it was a quirky
0: love story, but it was it was a romance comedy that was happening in between this this thriller.
1: Right. So like when Dodd escaped his ropes, I I just figured he was gone. Figured he was running. Yeah, and when Ed came back to the cabin, I expected him to see Peggy sobbing, mm-hmm. mad, you know, upset that she let him go. Was not expecting, you know, the next five minutes. Um, I was
0: expecting Peggy to be dead, but I didn't think about how little Dodd
1: actually thought she could
0: thought she could do. When, which is kind
1: of weird right because i mean he sta- she stabbed him well, it,
0: it, she stabbed him but it was still his yeah his thing that oh well you know it, the only reason that she got to me is because i'm tied up she would never yeah.
1: actually you know the only problem i have with the entire episode is his soliloquy that he had right then when ed's up in the up in the noose he spent like way too much time you know it was like you know they were trying to do... Okay, everyone liked how Mike Milligan does his yeah. soliloquies. Let's have Dodd do one. I didn't love that. I didn't think... Well, that. I mean,
0: it was clearly not as well thought out as a soliloquy. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it may have been a little clumsy. I, I think you're right. It was a little clumsy. I mean, I think, what he, I
1: think what he said was interesting. It just didn't... It wasn't... He was just tied up in a hostage yeah, for it, a day and a half. Yeah, exactly. And he, Narratively, it was, it was tough to justify
0: him doing that. Yeah. Uh, I think that what yeah, what he said was accurate to his character, but... It did yeah. feel like. I mean,
1: know, that's the only part of the episode I didn't love. It was a little bit of like it was a little bit of
0: monologuing. It was a standard type of mm-hmm. villain thing, uh, and you don't like to see that, but you you kind of understand it a bit when new because you can't you can't flash into the head of what Dodd's thinking, right? So it's a little bit of like what comic books do when they have somebody monologuing or or something like that. If if you're in a visual medium, how do you express? This. It
1: was interesting. It kinda of goes to show Dodd's um power, his his alpha, that he didn't flee the cabin, mm-hmm. that he waited to get revenge. Yeah. But yeah, I mean not But it was clumsy. Just just smacking Peggy and not tying her up was crazy.
0: <laughs> well again, that though I buy, because I buy that yeah, Dodd is the overcomer. but, but the monologue I agree with you is clumsy like a, an absolutely perfect like perfect perfect script would have found a way to get that across without doing that. Mhm. I can live with a 9.9. 9.
1: <laughs> well, I think I think well, his soliloquy kind of justifies why he didn't type Peggy up. Right. He thinks she's just a weak female, weak woman.
0: Yeah, and then, and absolutely. And once it I once mean,
1: I, once he punched her in the face, she was done fighting. That's what he thought.
0: Mhm. But I mean, he was used to that from his daughter too. Mhm. And he I don't think he ever he never took his mother seriously,
1: right Oh so good, so good. can't wait. and there's still two episodes yeah. left.
0: Well, I, what I loved is is how you know it, it was kind of exactly what I expected from the last episode because they, they focused on one side of the story, and clearly there was something else happening, and i I expected them to rewind back in time and show it from that perspective. And that's what they did, mm-hmm. uh, but they also overlapped. Where the end of the episode didn't Mm. come at the end of this episode. It came at three quarters of the way through, so you had some narrative flow. And I think the very same thing is going to happen with the next episode, where you're going to see the cop's journey
1: to finding him. Oh, how they got, how they actually ended up at the cabin. Yeah, I mean, they already showed some of that when they showed the cops going back to the house and whatnot. And then, yeah. So good. Fargo Why aren't you watching Fargo people?
0: I know watch Fargo. I got a third season, but noah Holly is is the guy behind it that says he didn't doesn't know exactly what he's gonna do for a third season. He had the idea of what he wanted to do for the second season. It's mentioned in the in the first season mm-hmm. the uh, the massacre at Sioux Falls,
1: okay. Ah, oh, the such a badass. Pulls out the M16 and shoots the cops. Oh, they, <laughs>
0: they were not prepared for,
1: for, for what he had. No. I guess that's enough. Sounds good to
0: me. Thank you, everybody. We will talk to you next week.